that is what Jesus did again and again and again with the Pharisees and with the Jewish leaders, like asking questions, giving them things to make them think, I want to give you something that's that's like broader and deeper and more more meaning to your life. I love seeing the heart of God through scripture. Even these hard questions, he's not doing it because he's trying to make them feel stupid or he's trying to put them down. He's like, he's trying to, he's trying to help them understand like who he is and what he's about. You are listening to If That Makes Sense, it's Family Life's podcast about what life is like following Jesus. And my name's Tim. I'm in Family Life's radio department. And my name is Lydia, and I work in the front office. My name is Jim, and I work in the performing arts. We're finally in the next chapter of John, and I feel like even though we're in another chapter, we're looking at more of the same kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And whether you've heard another episode of this podcast before, or this is just jumping in, they all kind of stand on their own. And we just try to look at what we're seeing in God's word and and talk about what we're seeing. And I feel like we're seeing another similar scenario. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jesus is, I'm not going to say he's causing trouble (laughs) because that would sound wrong. But people aren't happy with him. And he's not happy with people, quite frankly. And uh, yeah, so we're, we're going to get into some of the, the wacky things that happen in the beginning of chapter 7. So we're looking today at chapter 7 of the book of John, verses 1 through 24. Lydia, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I would love to. After this, Jesus went around in Galilee. He did not want to go into Judea because the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. But when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brother said to him, Leave Galilee and go to Judea, so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. Jesus said to them, My time is not yet come, but your time is always here. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil. You go up to the feast. I am not going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. After saying this, he remained in Galilee. But after his brothers had gone up to the feast, then he also went up, not publicly, but in private. The Jews were looking for him at the feast and saying, Where is he? And there was much muttering about him among the people, while some said, He is a good man. And others said, no, he is leading the people astray. Yet for fear of the Jews, no one spoke openly of him. When the feast was half over, Jesus went up to the temple courts and began to teach. Then the Jewish leaders were astonished and said, how does this man know so much when he has never had formal instruction? So Jesus replied, my teaching is not from me, but from the one who sent me. If anyone wants to do God's will, he will know about my teaching, whether it is from God or whether I speak from my own authority. The person who speaks on his own authority desires to receive honor for himself. The one who desires the honor of the one who sent him is a man of integrity, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Hasn't Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law. Why do you want to kill me? The crowd answered, you're possessed by a demon. Who's trying to kill you? 
Jesus replied, I performed one miracle and you were all amazed. However, because Moses gave you the practice of circumcision, not that it came from Moses, but from the forefathers, you circumcise a male child on the Sabbath. But if a male child is circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses is not broken, why are you angry with me because I made a man completely well on the Sabbath? Do not judge according to external appearance, but judge with proper judgment. So I feel like we're going to get later to what Jesus is talking about there. We'll get to that. Like they're referring to a time where Jesus healed somebody and he did it on the Sabbath. So they thought, oh, you can't do that. And I think we're going to talk about that because that's pretty important. But I started by saying that there were some wacky things Mm -hmm. in this chapter. Maybe it doesn't occur to anybody else as being wacky, but I'm just going to reread the part that every time I read this story, I'm like, what's going on there? You go up to the feast. Jesus talking here. I am not going up to this feast. (laughs) I'm just, now, this could sound like I'm not doing him justice here, and I'll skip a few verses, but Uh it does say, but after his brothers had gone up to the (laughs) feast, then he also went up, not publicly, but in private. That's exactly what I wrote down. I said, okay, question mark, Jesus lied? (sighs) Jesus changed his mind? Like, what? What is the greater good here? Because I like we have the comfort of trusting God, but also it's a problem sometimes when we read things in English because now it's like, oh, we need to figure out what our God is saying. Mm-hmm. What happened in mm-hmm. his mind? <laughs> yeah. I have a little yeah. note in mind. I, I was reading from the NIV and I when I was reading through this leading up to the podcast, I had I saw this in a couple. I don't know which version it is, but my has a little note that says some manuscripts say not yet. Oh. I am not going like I'm not going I'm to this yet. festival oh, yet. Oh I see. Like which is interesting because I don't know what version you both have, but I feel like we had different versions and none of ours said yet. Um but that is in some manuscripts there was a little Little note that said, I am not going yet. I do have on verse 8, you go up to the feast yourselves. I'm not going up to this feast because my time has not yet Mm. been fully revealed or Mm -hmm. uh, fully arrived. Mm -hmm. My time has not yet fully arrived. So perhaps that's what he's referring to Mm. is, no, 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 no. I have to wait just for the right moment. Mm -hmm. And I did see like the – because I don't really know much about the Jewish festivals, feasts. So I was doing a little bit of research on that. And sure. they're usually about a week long. So okay. it could be like if they're going up at the beginning, mm. you know, he could have come two, three days later and still been there for like a good chunk of it. Right. But maybe he just wasn't going at the at the very beginning. So Oh, okay. good point. Yeah. And like Jim's translation put it, uh, after the feast was about half over is when he – went and publicly started proclaiming things. Mm -hmm. So he might have even been there a little before then, but he wasn't, he had not arrived in the sense that his brothers were asking him about. They're like, go up and do your your showy thing up Mm -hmm. there, Jesus, Mm -hmm. which we've got to talk about that too. And he probably knew like if he went with them at the beginning, they would, I mean, if you like walk into a party with like somebody famous, you're going to be like, look who's here. (laughs) (laughs) And he probably didn't want that. So he's like, well, I'm not going with you guys. I got to go on my own time in my own way. So I think that might be. Excellent point. Do I maybe even hear in this that like, God doesn't need to explain himself to us. Mm. It's grace when he chooses to. Mm. It's abundant kindness if he chooses to tell us why he's doing something that he's doing. Mm-hmm. But also, he doesn't owe us any explanations. Sure. Yeah. Like the whole book of Job mm. is this 
terrible suffering that happens in a man's life and these questions of why God. And famously, God doesn't tell Job why in that book. He right. just shows up with his presence. Yeah. And Job is like, that's all the answer I needed. Yeah. Jesus, he tells his brothers are asking a question that they don't even really have. They're not even asking this question from faith. Mm-mm. Right. We know that this is like, this is almost like testing God. Yeah. Like saying, well, God, if you're real, like when we do that in our hearts. And, and God does not owe us an answer when we're coming to him on those terms. Mm-hmm. Frankly, God never owes us an answer, but especially not if we're approaching him from a place of disbelief, from a place of prove yourself, God, or whatever it is that his brothers are coming to him with this question. And he answers them in a way that it's not lying um, because at least we can certainly view it, like you said, Lydia, where maybe it's not yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly we we know we can at least say he he could have even been responding, I'm not showing up the way you think I am. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, I'm I'm not going to the festival the way you're asking about me going to this festival. Yeah. Which is kind of Jesus' thing. We all thought he was going to be this great king and he showed mm-hmm. up as a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big, great um, point. Yeah. It doesn't – it also doesn't sound – I mean I know in the parentheticals in verse 5 for even his brothers didn't believe in him. But the question didn't sound super accusatory to begin with, which is nice. I think – I don't read in some kind of hate or like challenge from his brothers. It sounds like good political advice. Hey, if you are doing these things, you should go and do this in front of the, you know, trying to give them good worldly advice. In fact, he says, show yourself to the world. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is saying exactly what you're saying, Tim. I, that's not, you don't understand. I know oh. what's going on and I have to do it this way because it's the perfect timing. So let me see if I've got where you're coming with this, Jim, because I really like this train of thought. When John, as the narrator, says to us, for his brothers did not believe in him, he's letting us know they didn't believe in, they didn't know what he was really about. Not like, John's not necessarily telling us, oh, they were taunting Jesus because they didn't think he was really powerful. John's saying they were giving him political advice because they thought he wanted to be a political leader. Mm. But clearly they didn't believe in who he really was because that's not what Jesus came to do. Mm -hmm. Here's what I know. I have brothers and sisters who are, you know, all older than me. Jesus is about 30 at this point. His brothers are probably around the same time. Okay. And I figure if I grew up with a perfect man as my brother, I wouldn't really want to be too hateful towards him. (laughs) And I figure Jesus' parents did pretty well as well, Mary and Joseph, you know. Yeah. (laughs) I can't imagine these brothers taunting Jesus in this Mm. moment. Mm. It just doesn't make any sense. Mm. That's interesting. And Jesus doesn't lash out righteously. He just says, no, this is what I got to do. John, as the author, telling us that that, that this response was not one of belief in who Jesus really is – is just so on point for the book of John because all this book is Jesus is is people either getting or not getting who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of stuff that happens too, but all throughout the big points of the book of John are this is Jesus, do you accept him on his terms? Mm-hmm. This is what he's like. Mm-hmm. Do you receive it? This is God in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Can we accept it? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, more often than not, it seems like in the book, we're having a really hard time accepting who Jesus is. Yeah. And I think going, I mean, I know that this is talked about many times in scripture. You know, you read that verse, his own brothers did not believe in him. And that feels, you know, kind of like, well, 
get it together, brothers. Like, you know, but if that's your brother, I think that would take an immense amount of faith. Like you watched him grow up from a little kid. He did not just plop into your life at 30 as this perfect person. And, I, you know, I think the same with the people in that whole community who knew, you know, oh, that's Jesus. He's the carpenter's son. Like, you know, it would take an extra amount of faith. I think it's easy to judge those people and be like, what? What, you couldn't like see that Jesus is the Messiah, but like mm-hmm. they didn't. I don't know. I just think, man, that had to have been a whole different level of faith, especially because his ideas and the way he came was so countercultural to what they, the Jewish people had been expecting for a Messiah for thousands of years. Like mm-hmm. he was not riding in to battle ready to take over. Like he was coming and like healing the man who was blind and, you know, caring for, for, for women and for children and like all these things that was so countercultural. Like he was not doing anything that anybody was expecting a Mm. Messiah to do. So I don't know. I mean, I I guess for me it's convicting because it's easy to look at people who didn't get it and be like, what's your problem? But I'm like, I don't know. I wonder how, what my heart would have been like in those situations. So Mm -hmm. it's just like, Convicting, I guess. Yes. E- it's easy to easy to judge other people when you're like, oh, I don't know if I would have been much better. <laughs> I hope I would have, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how Mary was all in all this, you know, because she knew. Yeah. She Mary, did you know? Yes, she knew. Yeah. Um, right. We we know this now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the Bible, right? And yeah. I would assume that she probably told Jesus's brothers, like, and and sister yeah. or sisters. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. Uh, so this is. The Messiah <laughs> is your brother. Yeah. <laughs> but here, yeah. here's the story of like how yeah. this all came to be. And like that kind of, you know, <laughs> they knew the story, but even with all of that, yeah. how difficult would it be to be his brother and be like, okay, um, Jesus, come mm-hmm. here just for a second. Mm-hmm. I just, I know that, you know, this, you're a big, like, I understand. I understand you're important. <laughs> but really, I don't think that this is a good move for yeah. like your campaign right now. Right. I think you need to go. <laughs> Yeah. To the Jewish leaders and like yeah. just make sure that they know who you are. Like that's just what I would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just well, yeah. That's basically what pointers. they say. No one who wants to become a public figure, right? You know, so they're kind of like you're you're trying to to get to accomplish yeah. this this thing, Jesus. Like you're why why are you acting in secret? Go go be you're you're trying to be a public figure. Like we're gonna yeah. help you. We're gonna give you like tips. They think <laughs> they know if you're running. About. Yeah, if you're running for Messiah, this uh, yeah, <laughs> you're running. This. For, Let us help you <laughs> for this session. Then maybe you should. Yeah, anyway. you know what's yeah. crazy about about <laughs> all of that? That you know, asking ourselves, would we have seen him? Would we have understood? Would we have judged? I think it's way too easy to think that a perfect person would be pleasant because. Mm. Jesus isn't pleasant a lot of the times. Mm. He's really like he's he's has says difficult things. Yeah. Wow. He is uh not always nice. He's he has you know, always grace, always mm-hmm. compassion, always mm-hmm. kindness, but that doesn't always translate to feeling nice. Yeah. I mean, look at the last chapter. At any point there was I mean it's back and forth like there's a lot of hard things that happen between some of his people who were his followers left because they're like the stuff you're saying is too hard to even swallow Jesus right. and his followers left him a perfect person wouldn't be pleasant to be around and I think like praise God he gives us his Holy Spirit today as his followers but I mean just think to yourself does everything that the Holy Spirit says mm-hmm. to you feel good right? Sometimes the clearest things that God is saying are the things that we most wish were not true. Yeah. The things we most wish we weren't hearing from his voice 
oh, Lord, I that's true about myself or, oh God, you want me to do this thing? Mm. They're not nice things. And so it's so easy to twist mm-hmm. it into being something else, yeah. to to not hear it, to just deny it. Yeah. And Jesus' brothers missed him. And at least at this point in their lives, they were. And there are definitely times where I miss God's voice in my own life even though we're people who do know him. Well, and I think even just like looking at verse 12 and I guess, yeah, mostly just verse 12, just exactly what you're saying. Like some people saw him and said, oh, he's a good man. And others were like, no, he deceives people. Mm. Like they're both looking at the same at the same guy. Right. Yeah, he's perfect. But some are saying, oh, no, he deceives people later. Mm. Oh, he's possessed by a demon. Like, you know, even in the even in his perfect holy state, people still did not understand who he was, not everybody understand who he was or what he was about. And some people, obviously. So I don't know. It's it's so interesting. I, I love though in scripture when there's like that type of like conflict, because you're like, people are people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, right. I don't know. I think it's sometimes yes. easy to kind of like romanticize biblical times and like, oh, the, everybody acted differently. And it's like, no, they didn't. They were mm-hmm. they were a bunch of grumpy people in a crowd. Some said this, some said that. <laughs> like they didn't all agree. That's, that's they good. were they were he was right in front of them and they were still like, he's a really good man. No, he's not. He deceives people. Like it yeah. just it, it's crazy. Yeah. And all of these people are getting what we kind of get today. I mean mm-hmm. there's like we believe Jesus is not walking the earth right now, but we are <laughs> in his stead. Um mm-hmm. but you know, it's it feels so political. Mm-hmm. It is. People have not changed. Mm-hmm. And now we only get glimpses of people speaking, people teaching, whatever, some pastor, some politician, some health person. like, And we hear only little bits. These people only hear little bits, probably, mm-hmm. unless yeah. they're following him just mm-hmm. all the time, hearing everything he's saying. They're usually just making these opinions off of what they hear. Hmm. Or the stories that they heard from so-and-so's mother, you know, like, oh, well, there was this one story where he fed 5,000 people. Wow, that's really – I don't know if I believe that though because, you know, so-and-so – no, no, he's a good person. Yeah, but he's saying things that are not according to the law as we know it. Mm. And that's not what Yahweh wants. Like, Mm -hmm. I totally understand. Mm -hmm. It definitely would be good dinner table conversation. (laughs) (laughs) And people would have been – they would have been – like, what do you think? What, what do you think about Jesus? Like, like that yeah. would have been a conversation. Yeah. Apparently, that was just among the chatter. But it wasn't happening out. And that's that's another thing about this being like, wow, that's just like today. Like you were just mentioning, Lydia, because they're they're saying these things. They're muttering amongst themselves. Oh, muttering. Can we just talk about the word muttering? Oh, we can talk about <laughs> muttering. The, you know, there's just certain words like you hear it and you, you're like, oh, I, I can I feel that. I know exactly what happened. Muttering is one of those words. Like if somebody says I was muttering, you're like, oh, I, I, I hear you. I like I, I, there's I no question of, of how you were saying that. Probably your facial expression, <laughs> your tone, whatever. <laughs> muttering. It's just a, we, it's just a top notch word. We know what you mean. You're muttering. Anyway, when you read know. earlier, I was like, mm, but that's one of those words. All I did was mutter. He's a good man. I'm leading people astray. <laughs> but why were they doing that? Here's the part I feel like we can relate to. For fear of the Jews, the Jewish leaders at the time, yeah. no one spoke openly of him for mm. fear of mm. that group, mm-hmm. the authority group at the time. Um, consistently, the people that Jesus uh, comes into conflict with are the authorities of the time, the religious authorities of the time. 
And it's the people who, with power on their side, say, we're speaking for God. Mm. And that's a well-meaning group, usually. I mean, if you think you're speaking for God, you you genuinely think you're speaking for people's best interest because you're like, this is God, not me. So here it is. Now, that's a real big problem when you're talking to God in the flesh <laughs> and you're really? saying, I speak for God here. And Jesus is over there and, you know, could say if he wanted to, well, I actually am him mm-hmm. here. So what do you think of that? And he kind of does. And it it doesn't go well. Jesus confronts them with they try to throw the law at him because there's an episode earlier in this 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 book of John where Jesus heals on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. According to the way they understand God's law, the part of the law that they have interpreted in their way and elevated in their own way and probably used in their own way for their own I'm gonna I'm, I'm guessing for their own power. Um, well-intentioned, mm. but they've used this to to say, this is what God demands. We don't believe you can heal somebody on the Sabbath. And Jesus, brilliantly, as he does, mm-hmm. uses their own scriptures against them mm-hmm. and says, well, look, uh, you're allowed to do this other part of the law on the Sabbath. You can circumcise a baby on the Sabbath, but you're saying that I healing somebody on the Sabbath broke the law? Well, what's the real spirit of the law here? And I think the whole spirit of the law thing is what he gets at by saying, do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment in verse 24. That kind of sums up a lot of what Jesus' difficulty with the prevailing religious group of the time was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I read it as, do not judge legalistically, mm-hmm. judge wisely with the heart of God. Mm. Like That's good. We hear over and over, especially in this book, uh, God sees the heart. Mm-hmm. God judges the heart. Mm-hmm. God rewards the heart. You know, um, when Jesus is teaching, if you look at a woman and, and you lust, that's adultery. If you look yeah. at somebody and say a hateful word, that's murder. Mm-hmm. It's because what's in your heart matters to God I might even say more than even, or at least before what you do. Before what you do, your heart matters more. And that's why so much of the Christian walk is so heart-focused. You know, when Mm -hmm. you pray, when you read your word, when you meditate on it, when you just sit in silence before him, it's to change and and, um, form your heart to be more like Christ's. Mm -hmm. So I love that last bit. Just don't, don't judge based on what you read in black and white and what you understand with your earthly mind, Mm -hmm. but use proper judgment. Mm -hmm. Judgment that makes sense according to the spirit. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't use any of that to say, Moses doesn't apply anymore. He doesn't use any of that to say, "Um, oh, you guys are just taking the Bible too seriously. Like just ease up. (laughs) God doesn't mean these things literally. He doesn't do any of that. He's just saying, you you took the heart of the thing and you totally lost it. Yeah. And you're not even following the Sabbath anymore because you want to kill me for <laughs> doing something that wasn't even against the law to begin with. Mm-hmm. So this whole thing about um, yeah, God calling us to the heart of obedience 
Um, like you said, Jim, it, it doesn't invalidate like what we actually do. We're still to be obedient outwardly, but like, what does it matter if the heart part isn't right first? Yeah. And that's consistently what Jesus is trying to get the Pharisees to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, that whole that whole chunk of of what we just read of you know, and even when he says like. Um, has not Moses given you the law yet? Not one of you is like keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me? Like, cause there's a law about not killing people. So it's kind of <laughs> like, y'all, <laughs> we're already <laughs> like, you're already one for one. And now let's talk about, you know, sure. if, if you're trying to talk all about the Sabbath, like, okay, well, let's talk about, um, like, okay, but it's okay to circumcise on the Sabbath. And I'm, I'm trying to heal a whole body on the Sabbath. Like how yeah. is one? And I, I don't know. I guess I, I see this as Jesus asking those like provocative questions to make them think not to like shove something at them like mm. hey this is something that you believe you believe in the law of Moses you believe in the importance of the sabbath like how how do we live that out in a way that makes sense like let's use our brains here let's let's not just like be so narrow minded and whatever that it's like oh can't on the sabbath yeah and yeah. you get all in a tizzy and you're like but this man couldn't walk and now he now he can walk yeah, like sure. what's what's the heart of the law what's the heart of why all these laws were even given like i don't know and i just think that that is what jesus did again and again and again with the pharisees and with the jewish leaders like asking questions giving them things to make them think not just coming in and being like the law we're getting rid of it wipe it away right. we're like all new it's like no 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 I want to fulfill the law. I want to. Mm-hmm. I want to give you something that's that's like broader and deeper and more more meaning to your life. Not let's take away everything that you've always known. I don't know. I just. Mm-hmm. I love. I love seeing the heart of God through Scripture, and I think that's just. I don't know. It. I think there's just something so beautiful about even even these hard questions. He's not doing it because he's trying to make them feel stupid or he's trying to put them down. He's like he's trying to he's trying to help them understand like who he is and what he's about. Yes. And yes. Gosh, they're they're hard headed sometimes, but yeah, aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> it seems too that this might be twofold. This is a public mm-hmm. discussion mm-hmm. in a very populated place during a very famous festival, <laughs> uh, a mandatory festival. Um, and I think potentially too, it's it's not just for the Pharisees. I 100% agree with with you, Lydia. I think it's for the people listening too. Yeah. Like you need to hear what they're saying and what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and then think and pray for yourself. Sure, because a lot you of really people do. were overhearing this. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's like one thing for you, the people who are listening to this, and for you Pharisees, it's almost it seems a bit combative. Um, not in a petty way, but in a necessary way, mm-hmm. because they were using the law deliberate, I believe, deliberately against Jesus mm. to trap him. Mm-hmm. I think it's so cool that they acknowledged Jesus' teaching was different. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy didn't go to school for this. Yeah. How does he know this stuff? Mm-hmm. He wasn't a, he wasn't trained under the, any of the major rabbis of the day. How does he know this stuff? I just think that's so cool mm-hmm. that they could feel that his teaching was different and they wanted to know, like, where does it come from? Mm-hmm. It comes straight from God. That's what he says. My teaching is not mine, yeah. but his who sent me. And anybody's, if anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I'm speaking of my own authority. Mm-hmm. 
It's like, wow, I, I want to be one. I want to be one that hears this and is like, that's good. Yeah. That's God's teaching right yeah. there. Yeah. Whoever speaks on his own does so to gain personal glory. Mm. I love that. I mean, I don't love that, but like it's uh, that verse is, is very, I don't know. I feel like that is so, so true. And I think we've all experienced that, you know, even from like somebody like our, a, a pastor or a leader or something who's speaking and you're like, I don't know that this is, hmm. I don't know what, you know, just like that check in your spirit. That's like, this seems like this is more about you than it is about God. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> um, And on the reverse, like, you know, sitting under teaching or talking to somebody who is like, they are not about their own personal gain at all. They are about like pointing to Jesus and, and glorifying him. And it's, it's a totally different experience just from somebody who's like a, who's listening yes. or, or whatever, the, the difference of someone who's speaking to yeah. glorify themselves versus glorifying the Lord. He's speaking in knowledge and in truth. He's, he's speaking intellectually, like taking the law and being like, look, I know the law. Like I know my dad. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, this is what the law says. This is what it meant. And in so there's like the intellect and they're saying, oh, how does he know all this stuff? We didn't teach him and we're mm-hmm. the only ones who know this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. not only that, but I think the f- the people can feel that he's saying something true, yes. something that's full of yes. life yeah. because he is the truth and he yeah. is the life. And that like duality is what we're called to that he perfectly exemplified and exemplifies in this Right here, yes, in this conversation in the uh, during the festival, yeah, he speaks with authority mm-hmm. because it's from God, and I read this quote about uh, I might paraphrase it, but about what a th- that that kind of authority means. Is it just like authority, like I'm bigger than you, I can make you do what I'm saying? Mm. Um, I really like this. People are able to recognize that Jesus teaches with authority. Because true authority has a palpable effect on us. Authority changes us, moving us to action. Like this idea, and that's the quote there, but now I'm paraphrasing it, that authority is something that when you hear it, it's just like on the inside, it resonates with you. Like, oh, that's doing something to me and I don't even know why. That's I feel that. That's real. And I, I just can't deny it. Mm. And that's like this truth that Jesus is speaking. That's that's what he has received from his father that he's speaking. And the amazing thing is like, really, it's not a cliche. He speaks the same way to us today. Mm. When you read the words of John, like when we say the Bible is a holy, inspired, living word from God, we mean you're reading these words and they they can do that same thing to us. On the inside, we feel something reading it and we're like, I'm not choosing to feel that. I don't know what this is, but it's true and it matters and it has an effect on me whether I want it to or not. That's the authority of the word of God and it's it's working. So listen to it. Let it. Mm-hmm. Go with it. It's yeah. the spirit. I love that we can still hear that today. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this verse in or, uh, uh, verse 20, the crowd answered, you're possessed by a demon. Who's trying to kill you? Do you think that's like a a phrase that they use. You have a like, demon. You're crazy. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it, you almost wonder. It almost sounds Man, like it's first century slang. <laughs> I think that they were probably also saying that to discredit him. Ooh, because sure. if people were kind of like confused, like, do we believe Jesus? Do we not? We don't know. And then they're like, he's possessed by a demon. You're like, right. oh gosh, well then I don't want to follow him. Interesting. He's, you know, I feel like it, it could have been, because I they say it later. Um, They say, they they 
tell him he's demon possessed again, like I think in mm. the next chapter. Mm. Um, so I feel like it's probably in some way a way for them to discredit him to the people. You know, that's a good point. I think at some point they had to know. They're like, oh, I think maybe he really is God. Maybe his maybe he is speaking with authority. Well, we can't we can't compete with that. Well, let's just discredit him because we don't want the people to follow him. So we'll just tell them that he's possessed by a demon because nobody's going to want to follow that. So that's an excellent point, because actually what you just said does come up in the next chapter Mm -hmm. where they say um, where the people see that Jesus is still talking with with free reign and the people say, do the leaders really believe that he's the Messiah? Because none of them have stopped him yet. So the people start to wonder, maybe the leaders of this faith really do believe that this guy is who he's saying and they're not mm-hmm. bold enough to stand up to him. Yeah. And so they do level the demon accusation again. And that's a really excellent point, Lydia, that that very well may be um, what was going on. Mm. Mm. Wow. Wow. I mean, nothing I, like discrediting I, a person by telling everybody that they're possessed by a demon. Yeah. Right, that you're, that uh, pretty you're, much just takes your legs out from under you. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, that okay. the father of lies is speaking through yes. you. Yeah. Well, then yeah. you must not be. Yeah. yeah. And like to, to want to be humble myself to realize the word is here as not like as a pat on the back, but like the word warns us and teaches us. So there's some real sense in which mm-hmm. if I'm not careful, I could be guilty mm-hmm. today Ugh. of calling the words of the spirit, the words of a demon. Yeah. And that's terrifying. Be like, wow, God, keep me from ever doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, just do what you have to do to stop me from putting words out there like that. Because that's a scary thought to be yeah. guilty yeah. of that. Yeah. It's so now, too. I mean, yeah. well, it's, it's, every, it's every, you know, nothing's new under the sun. But yeah, like cults, mm-hmm. the, the reason that cults are things is because... Some of them are very convincing, sure. especially like just off Christian cults. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's They're the, so the, close. And then yeah. they say something that's like, wow, I want that. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And you get into it. It's so scary. It's why like yeah. it, it would have been so good if people believed that, oh, he's crazy. He's possessed by a demon. It would. Yeah. You don't want a part of that because cults are scary and they're not good. Mm-hmm. But some of them are so convincing and you just got to be so careful. You got to know the truth. Mm-hmm. Yes. You got to know the real bef- yes. so you can see the fakes. Yes. yes. Very scary. Yeah. Yep. I think the only way to be sure of it is to listen to that word. Yeah. It speaks with authority. Mm-hmm. It's the spirit. It's true. You can't deny it. it. Yeah. And he still speaks to us that way today. So thankful he didn't leave us without this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for If That Makes Sense, the family life podcast about what life is really like as a young adult following Jesus. If you enjoy the show, please send it to a friend. Your genuine appreciation of the show is the best way for word to get out. And it would make our day if you left us a rating and a review wherever you found this episode. Family Life has more great original podcasts that you can check out at familylife.org podcast. Thanks again, and we look forward to having you along for the next one.